What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Open Guard Cast. This is episode 111, and uh, today my guest is 10th Planet Black Belt, Keith Krikorian. Keith is an ADCC veteran, excuse me, and also just got second at the trials, the East Coast Trials, which was the biggest trials in history. It was an awesome event. He had a ton of matches. So, Keith, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Dude, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So do you want to start out just talking about how you got into Jiu-Jitsu originally? Yeah, sure. Um, I... uh been doing martial arts for for a long time like i started out um at like a boxing gym just like a old school boxing gym when i was uh around nine ten um uh around like whatever fifth grade age is you know i remember i started then Mm -hmm. and um it was uh it was much different than any like sport i had ever done um you know up to that point like i'd always done just you know like normal you know uh baseball soccer uh pretty much dabbled in every every like you know ball sport that that you know you have kids play just to see what they like and I never really liked any of it and then I uh I joined a boxing gym I really really loved it I did that for a few years um and then uh the gym uh kind of started to like it, it would always had like kickboxing MMA and all that stuff but then uh um it really started to like you know uh kind of catch my eye and so I took like you know one jujitsu class, um, and uh, I, I I thought it was really cool, and then, um, and then I kind of just slowly stopped training boxing and started training more grappling, and then, um, and then I just like I really liked it. I was like pretty terrible to be honest. I was really really bad. I, I always felt like I was a lot better at boxing, um, maybe because I started younger and you just you you know you're it's easier to pick up things when you're when you're a little younger, you know. And then grappling just wasn't very easy for me to pick up. I don't know if it was you know my general like unathleticism or like uh or like you know my body type or whatever but I wasn't really good at it um and then uh but you know like like everyone everyone kind of starts a white belt like not being very great immediately usually right um and I still liked it so then I just kind of kept with it um you know uh stuck with it in in high school um wrestled too and then um you know just kind of yes that stuck with it in college too and that's when like I really really started to uh um like compete regularly and and uh and, and do well you know it was wasn't until you know uh I was a lot, a lot older you know I was, I was like a purple belt you know um but yeah. white belt blue belt I was terrible I sucked I never won I never <laughs> won a tournament I don't think I ever won more than one match per tournament you know um wow. and uh but I had like a really good coach Boogie um uh you know Boogie, I, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's a really yep. good guy, and he always encouraged me, and and like really believed in me. You know, even when like I was, I knew for a fact I was terrible, <laughs> and like he saw some potential <laughs> in me. You know, and um, just because I felt like I was, I was always showing up. You know, I was always like uh, it wasn't too hard to get me in the gym. You know, I was. Um, he would be like, "Hey, are you, are you coming to six a.m.?" And I would be like, "Well, now that you asked, yeah, yes." <laughs> and so, like, um, <laughs> I would just show up, you know, like, like, um, and uh, I think that he kind of recognized that. And uh, you know, even though I was terrible, like I said, I was really, really bad. <laughs> um, he like saw that I, I could, uh, you know, I could one day maybe be good. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of like my, my little jujitsu startup story. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So how did how did you get linked up with Boogie and Tenth Planet? Was he your first jujitsu coach? Uh, no, I had like a there was uh like a a few jujitsu instructors at the the boxing gym that I was training at, um and then it got bought out by Tenth Planet uh when I was like sixteen, um and I just didn't have the money to like 
follow the gym, you know, to the, to the other place. So I just stayed, stayed at the gym, you know, and, and uh, they honored like my, mm-hmm. my, my, you know, uh, re- membership too. So I was, it just was easy, you know? And, uh, and I didn't really like, I didn't really, you know, it was just, it was just like whatever I was, I was just, yeah, I was just still training and stuff. And then I met Boogie and, um, and I really, really like, really liked him. As soon as I met him, I was just like, whoa, this guy's like super different and cool. And like, um, we kind of had, like, I don't want to say we had like a, like a, like a special bond because he has a you know, really great relationship with all the students. But I, I felt like, I felt like we, um, I definitely like gravitated towards him and, and I think we clicked a little bit, you know, and, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was really cool to, uh, to, I was very lucky to like, you know, my gym kind of got bought out, like I said, and then just happened to, you know, um, run into a really good instructor. They brought in a really good instructor. So it was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Did you ever hear much about 10th planet before your gym got bought out by 10th planet? Cause I think around the time I started jujitsu, like around 2011 ish, there was like Eddie Bravo and Denny Prokopos and yeah. there were some big names in 10th Planet who were competing and doing well. Yeah. So did you know about any of that stuff before training with, uh, with Boogie or was that something you learned later on? I had only, the only thing I only ever heard was about Eddie and they said, um, it was one of my like old and I'm still friends with him. Um, he was like a blue belt at the time, but he was like a really uber talented blue belt. He would like double gold at everything. He'd win the teen, the adults. And, um, and he was like, he was trying to help me, you know, cause I was, like I said, it was so bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he would, he would try to help me all the time. And he was like, you know, your game, it kind of reminds me of this guy named Eddie Bravo. And like, um, I want you to look him up and like try to study him. Um, but don't tell the, don't tell our instructor, uh, because he was a traditional guy. Right. And like, um, he was like, he told me, he's like, he's kind of like an outcast in jujitsu. And, uh, and so I was like, okay. So I, I watched him and then, um, we were talking about it. Uh, and then that the, the, ironically the instructor like overheard and he was like, uh, <laughs> he, he brought, he came up and he was like, um, he was like, Edgy Bravo? No, no. And I was, like, I was like, oh, my God, I wonder what's up with this guy. And so uh, there wasn't very much footage on Eddie, to be honest. Um, uh, he hadn't had the rematch with Hoyler yet. So, like, it was really all there was was his first match with Hoyler. And, like, there wasn't a whole lot to watch from that match, you know, aside from, the, like, the finish, right? Um, so I was like, okay, that's cool, you know. Um, he seems like he has a good game. Um and uh, and I just kind of went on with training, right? And then when I met Boogie was like right before the Hoyler rematch, and um, and I was I was kind of just like I would watch like the Metamorphs countdowns and stuff, and I was like, wow, this seems like a big thing, like this is kind of cool. And then um, and then it blew, like blew up, like Tenth Planet just blew up, like it was crazy. It went from like being kind of dis like not respected in jujitsu to like very respected, or at least like um at least like uh maybe not valued isn't the right word but like um yeah, yeah like seen as like more legit you know um and yeah and, definitely you know eddie dude he he like he he changed uh probably like the landscape of, of jiu-jitsu um with that match you know uh anyways so that was like pretty much all i had known i had seen him in a few magazines too like ufc magazine um there was like a few like it was like eddie bravo showing like uh, some rubber guard stuff and like uh, I remember specifically like he showed like the sorcerer and I tried to hit that like every day uh, <laughs> when I was like when I was starting and it was, I don't I probably I doubt I ever hit it but I would like go for it all the time I would like <laughs> drill it on my friends and stuff and um, 
And uh, anyways, yeah, but uh, but that was I had very limited like knowledge of of Ten Planet before I met Boogie. That's funny. So you talked a, a little bit about not being very good in the beginning and not winning a ton of matches and tournaments. Do you remember hitting like a turning point? Like maybe it was a tournament or maybe it was just a belt level where you really started to to get better and and the results started to show in competition. Um. Yeah, I do. I do remember it was the end of my blue belt. Like. Um, it was uh, so. It was my senior year of high school. I was competing in wrestling and jujitsu like the same time, and I didn't tell I didn't tell my my wrestling coach because he obviously wouldn't have been cool with that. But I I just felt like I needed more mat time, and I wanted to like maximize. Like I felt like I needed more training, so like I would go you know to my to my uh, um high, you know the rest of the high school wrestling practice after school, and then I would go straight to um you know night class jujitsu like jujitsu night class at, at Temple in San Diego. And then, uh, you know, the next morning I'd either you get up and go for a run or I would, you know, go to Spoogie 6 a.m. And, uh, and I felt like my game just took, like, it hit a new level when I did that. And it was like the, it was, um, the first time I had like won a, I, it was the first tournament I had won at Blue Belt was a, um, it was a, like, it was like the adult, like, Blue Belt division. It was like, uh, it was at a Gracie Worlds, which was like, we all thought was like the legit tournament. It was, it was legit, sorry. But it was like, we all thought it was like a world tournament, right? Uh, or no, it was like Nationals, <laughs> Gracie Nationals. I don't know if you ever remember that tournament. It was, it was pretty legit. Yeah, I like, do. They had like Gary uh, and Javier Vasquez as like a super fight one time. So like, mm-hmm. um, legit. But, but anyways, it was a normal tournament, whatever. I won the division. I was super hyped. Um, and, uh, I go to, um, I, uh, um, go back to school. I go back to training. Um, I invite Boogie and like a few of my, my buddies, um, Ronnie, he just got his black belt from Boogie the other week. Um, I invite them to like my school for a dual meet and, uh, I went against like the number one kid in the County. He was like super, super, I went up in weight to go against him and like, um, and he was, he was like, you know, he was like, like I said, he was the best kid in the county. He was super legit. And I, uh, I like lost, but I like, I lost by like one point. I remember like arm dragging him, taking him down and like, uh, in the third period and like just trying to turn him. And he just, you know, he just laid on his, on, on his, on his, uh, stomach to just ride out the wind, you know, which is whatever I, you know. And, uh, I was like really upset after and Boogie's like, oh dude, it's all good. Are you coming to training tonight? And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I go to uh, the night class, which was like, it was like 30 minutes after the duel ended. <laughs> and then uh, I'm like all bummed <laughs> and stuff. And like, he uses me, he like, you know, uses me to, to, to demo the move. And then he like uh, wraps like a purple bell around my waist. And I was just like oh, so happy awesome. and like, sad, you know, like, and just like, oh my God, like, but I just lost this match, you know, but like Boogie, um, you know, he like, he felt like, you know, winning that blue belt tournament and then beating, or almost not beat, I didn't beat him, but like almost beating this like, super legit wrestler kid you know um in like you know th- a few day span was was worthy of my my purple belt or whatever and i just felt like that was really cool and like after that dude it was like the first like extended win streak i ever went on in wrestling i won like um you know like i think like four or five tournaments in a row it was like 20 matches straight um it was like you know like i won like a, a just like a an invitational tournament, uh, uh, the league tournament, the city tournament. We have like CIF in California. I don't know where you're located. Um, I'm in Arizona. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So not not far, but yeah. In, in California, we have like a CIF tournament. It's like a, uh, it's it's like you know, 
leading up to uh, the Masters tournament and then the state tournament. So, um, I, so I won all those, and like, and then I just like, I don't know if I don't know if it was specifically because of the, the purple belt promotion. I think it was more so that all the training that I had like you know done like I like uh, uh, yeah. doing both the wrestling practices and the jujitsu practices. Um, and, uh, so like, that was just a turning point in wrestling. Like, I just like, um, I just got really good kind of out of nowhere. But before that I was terrible. Like I never, I never won a tournament. <laughs> I never won. I don't think I ever won, um, you know, more than two matches at a tournament. You know, maybe I, maybe I'd won like a, a few, like a, you know, two day tournament or something, but just cause the brackets are bigger. Statistically, you're bound to win more matches but um but uh but I wasn't any good and then like I said it was just like you know I hit that that turning point and I felt like um the same thing kind of happened for me at Purple Belt like Blue Belt like I said I never really won a tournament I won the, the last one you know which was was a big deal to me and then um you know Purple Belt was when I actually started to kind of like win and and um you know do more tournaments and stuff and uh get more mat time and I felt more comfortable, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I was anything special, but I was winning like, you know, just local tournaments, region, you know, regional events, like some, sometimes I would travel, uh, for like a smaller cash prize sub only, you know, like a blue purple, um, you know, or maybe like a, like a, you know, purple, brown, black, but like the brown, black balls weren't that good. Cause it's in the middle of nowhere, you know, like type tournament, you know? And so like, I was winning those, you know, and I felt like that was just like a good, it was like good to build with that, you know, and, but it took a lot of fucking like me losing pretty much everything, um, to get there, you know? Um, yeah, it took the long way around your question, but I hope that kind of answers. No, you're good. No, you're that was perfect. So <laughs> you talked about like just getting more mat time and that probably being like a big catalyst for your results. But mm -hmm. do you think that the wrestling specific training and competition was a big part of it too? Cause I know nowadays, like everyone's talking about doing more wrestling training with ADCC and the trials and the world's coming up. But like, I feel like even like five years ago, jiu-jitsu people weren't as focused on their takedowns or on even using like wrestling to like get sweeps and stuff like that. Do you feel like that was a big part of the reason you had success too? Yeah. Um, you know, I, for me, it was like, I was strictly like a top player type wrestler, you know, um, like blue belt slash like, uh, or like white belt, blue belt, you know? And then like purple belt was when I started to develop the rest of my game and um like my bottom game like leg locks and stuff this is when this is when the dds was like you know becoming a lot bigger better you know um and really like started to to use leg locks to beat a lot of like more experienced guys you know so anyways i watched that um and uh so i guess like for me it was like um i guess uh it, it was it was different like it was like you know I, I had to like kind of leave the wrestling a little bit behind you know because I needed to develop the rest of my game um and uh you know now I look back I probably I guess it was good but I probably should have been still like trying to work all everything you know I was I was a completely different like a, you did, if you'd watch me at blue uh white belt blue belt like I couldn't be on bottom I needed to be on top if I was on bottom I'd lose you know um I was like just basically a wrestler right um, and then purple was when I started to like use the bottom game, get comfortable on bottom, you know, but I kind of let go of the, the top game and stuff. So then I had to like circle back at brown belt and then, um, you know, black belt is when I feel like I'm actually like infusing all of it, you know, and, and to your point, like, like, like incorporating the wrestling has been super important for, um, like the ADCC type tournaments, you know, um, which is really like what I think majority of guys are focusing on now. Like I, I, 
to me, it seems like like the IBJJF isn't really like no one really wrestles there, uh, from what I've noticed. And I, I didn't I didn't really realize this for a long time. Like I figured it was a points tournament, people wrestle. It's not really how it works. It's more of like a, like a who pulls guard first tournament, you know. And um, I think people are just kind of over that, to be honest. I I at least am like I don't really enjoy watching that. I don't like competing like that, you know. Um, but ADCC at least like yeah, you have the period where you can be like you know. You can be a bottom player, you can, or, you know, you, um, you can do whatever, just sub hunt, you know. But then there does come a point where you have to, like, you know, kind of push through that, like, you know, comfort zone and like and stand and 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 uh, you know, push push for takedowns and stuff. And I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, I think it's important, you know, to 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 develop everything, you know. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot your question at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I was just asking if the wrestling was a big part of like the catalyst for your better results. Oh, your, your oh competition. yeah. I mean, I think so. Just, just like uh, it's extra mat time. It's it's harder than yeah. jujitsu. Um, you, you develop that toughness. You develop that work ethic. You develop the like the just more strength. You know, um, yeah. doing that. Um, the mat wrestling too is 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 important. I think you know uh, the ability to like scramble. Um, or to like to like not uh, like hit your shoulders, you know, because like um, you know whether you're playing on your back or not in jujitsu, like uh, um, being stuck on or, or yeah, I guess if you're playing on your back in jujitsu, like being stuck on your shoulders still is like not a great great place, you know. Yeah. Even maybe unless you're in like full guard, but even then you'd still want some sort of angle. I, I'm not much of a full guard player, but I you know the limited knowledge I have of it, like you still want to be a little bit off your shoulders. So like, I guess, I guess like, it's just important to like, kind of be aware of like, oh, I'm on my shoulders is kind of a bad place, you know? Um, there's yeah, a lot totally. of aspects of, of, of wrestling that, 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 that help, help jujitsu, you know? And especially in high school, you know, um, or in college too, like, like just in the mat time, you know, like, like the amount of matches that you get at a, at a wrestling tournament, you know, dude, we would, you know, you'd have 40 plus matches in a season. Um, uh, you know, in high school, but then like the re- the majority of, of like my my matches came in the off season. Like every week, I could go to a tournament and I could you know sign up for folk style, freestyle, Greco, and I would get five matches each. You know, minimum per- usually, and uh, you know you'd walk out of there with fifteen twenty matches, and like um, it doesn't really ma- like it didn't really matter if you won or lost any of them. You know, it wasn't important. It was typically not important tournaments. You know, and it was. Uh, just more about like getting getting the reps and getting the the mat time and the different styles and it's just all beneficial you know and like that's something that's lost in jujitsu is um, the importance of like uh, competitive mat time you know um, I think we're all like it's it's easy to get on the mats to train because it's not it doesn't take a whole lot of energy you know um, you're on obviously you're on your your back or your knees or your butt the most you know most of the time so it's like you know it's, it's not like you're standing and, and you're you know using like um, you know, your whole body to, to, to grapple, like in wrestling, you know? So, um, that, so like the, the, you know, training mat time is like easier to, to get, you know, but the competitive mat time, it doesn't seem to be there and it's not anyone's fault really. I mean, there's not as many tournaments, there's not as many tournaments that prioritize mat match, uh, you know, like matches, uh, Mm -hmm. or mat time and like, um, and yeah, but I, I do think there's a lot of value in that that you get in wrestling that you don't necessarily get in in jujitsu. Yeah, I feel like you said the competitive mat time, and I feel like the intensity too. When you roll mm-hmm. with someone who's trained in wrestling for a long time, mm-hmm. they just have a different pace, and they're able to hold that pace for a long time. It feels yeah. like absolutely, yeah. No, that's 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 huge, dude. 
a, like a wrestler could a, like a decent wrestler could walk into a jiu-jitsu gym on day one and be pretty like pretty good like he might not even know anything yeah. but he's still pretty good you know and like it's pretty points, and tough <laughs> yeah it's like the intensity the toughness the um the, just like their general grappling knowledge too even if they don't know how to pass they know how to pin so like they could sit in your half guard and just hold you on your shoulders and that's still yeah. really hard to deal with you know they understand how to how to uh, like the importance of like a head and arm control because that's a lot of times how you're gonna uh, pin someone in wrestling you know is is uh you know lock their head next to their face so that they can't use this to bridge you know um so they do the same thing in jujitsu that's really tough to deal with if, you, if i have your arm pinned to your face then i can't use this to get underhooks to get you know, frames to, uh, to eventually work into like subs, you know? So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. And like at times it's frustrating. Um, but it's totally. like, it's, it's, it's good. And you can take a lot of, of like lessons away from just, uh, like, you know, uh, not necessarily like training with it, but seeing that, you know, feeling, feeling that, you know, mm-hmm. um, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, so you talked about too, you touched on developing your leg locks mm-hmm. and getting away from the wrestling a little bit, working on your guard. Do you remember what year that was when you started working on your leg locks? And do you remember who like some of your biggest influences were in that realm? Yeah, I think it was 2016 or 2017. Um, yeah, about there, 2016, 2017. It's when, uh, it's when Eddie Cummings and Gary Tonin were winning all the EBIs. Um, and I think maybe even Gordon had, had won one at, at that point, but they were like doing it major- like mainly with leg locks, you know? And, um, and Gary had like a more, a little bit more of like a, like a, you know, complete game, I'd call it, you know? Um, obviously he had, he had plenty of holes just like anyone, but like it was, he was more diverse than like Eddie Cummings was a, basically a straight leg locker, right? So like I would pretty much just watch Eddie, um, because I was like, well, he clearly, like, you could pull up any of his matches, and he's going to use some, some leg, leg entanglements. So, like, I would m- mainly watch that. Um, so, like, even, if, even today when you watch a lot of my leg game, it's, um, well, maybe not as much now, but, like, up until, you know, you know, brown belt or purple brown belt, maybe even early black belt, like, um, just, it was, you know, a lot of Ashis, outside Ashi, um, hun- you know, honey hole, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, saddle and stuff. Um, and, uh... Now I've kind of moved a little bit away from that because, like, double outside Ashi is, is, like, not a great spot nowadays, you know. Um, even Ashi is a little bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Take your back. <laughs> yeah, right? And, um, and, you know, even Honey Hole, people are getting really, really good at defending. So um, you have to, like, like, variations of 50-50 are really important, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyways, but, yeah, I watched a lot of Eddie Cummings, Gary even Gordon, you know, um, and I got really comfortable in saddle, um, you know, offensively, defensively, um, and, uh, and Ashi too, you know, that was, those are super important. And, and dude, it just took so, it took so much like, um, trial and error to get good at, at, at leg locks. You know, I was getting tapped like constantly as a purple, belt, I was getting tapped by all the white belts in my gym. Um, and, uh, and, um, I, it, it felt like a different type of jujitsu. I was like, I, I came back from, um, from like, a a little bit of like, like time off after wrestling. And I was just like, Whoa, what, what is it? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> um, and it was like very humbling as a, as a, like a purple belt who thought he was hot shit, you know, like after like a good wrestling season to come in and be like, Oh no, this is not like wrestling jujitsu. This is like 
straight. This is like uh, technical jujitsu that like um, doesn't matter if I if I have a better t double leg than this guy. He's just gonna move around me, you know, and get to my legs. So pretty. It was pretty cool, humbling. Like I said, interesting. Um, and uh, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty much due to the to the Donaher guys, you know. So were Geo and Boogie at that time kind of exploring leg locks too? Because I know Geo has really good heel hooks. I've, mm -hmm. I've seen Boogie hit some heel hooks too. Yeah. Were they teaching you a lot of this stuff, or were you kind of learning it watching Eddie and watching some of the DDS guys? Or was it uh, a combination of both? It was both. They were teaching it a lot. Um, but like I said, I was like – I was, you know, uh, I was wrestling, and then I took some time off after the wrestling season – and that's like when majority of when Boogie was like teaching, like going over basics and fundamentals and stuff of it. So like I missed a lot of that. And then when I came back, um, they were kind of they kind of moved on to other stuff. You know, um, it was like it was like when EBI overtime, we were starting to focus on that. And um, and so I like, you know, I totally missed I totally missed the leg lock phase. So I had to kind of like go back, um, you know, ask my teammates, ask Boogie, ask all them. But like the the. The teaching phase, like him, Boogie showing it was like it was it was pretty much he was already done with that, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was a combination of the both because obviously I had a lot of a lot of help, but I also uh, had to do a lot of a lot of it on my own. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a funny like uh, I remember the exact day that I learned like the the like leg positioning names like like uh, ashi 50 50 honey hole and stuff i was working with my buddy ronnie i talked about him earlier um he was a phenomenal he still is he was like our best leg locker at, at uh um like blue purple belt he was so he still is like i said he's, he's so good at it and i was asking there's a picture of me at like my like one of my first purple belt tournaments and um and i'm like we're on the mats like right like minutes before the match and i was like so like so like, what is this? He's like, that's that's Ashi. I was like, what if I move his leg here? He's like, that's that's topside Ashi. I was like, what if I pull my leg out and move it to the outside? He's like, that's fifty fifty. And then I was like, well, I was like, I thought that was honey hole. <laughs> and like, I was totally <laughs> confused. And I was learning for the first time, like right before I was like doing this, you know, this this tournament with leg locks. So like, um, it was just really really funny. And and um, and like I you know owed a lot of. I owe a lot of like my leg lock knowledge now or like success maybe to just the guys that like were helping me figure it out, you know, because um, it was so hard for me to, to learn at first, you know, I was like I said, I was being tapped constantly. So anyways, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that is. And you mentioned EBI a couple of times. I know mm -hmm. Eddie recently announced this can be coming back, which yeah. is really exciting. Cool. But uh, I, I feel like that style of tournament really had a big impact on everyone's leg lock knowledge in the grappling community because they were legal in those tournaments. It was a no-gi specific tournament. Like you said, it wasn't like an IBJJF tournament, which is what most people were doing at the time. So what are some of the rule sets that you've enjoyed competing in the most and that you feel like helped develop your game the most? Um, well, I mean, I, uh, I definitely loved um, the EBI, like submission only format, because it, it kind of like got me away from, from like a, from being just like the guy that would would score points and then kind of like just like game the work the system after that you know um just like make sure I didn't lose as opposed to like making sure that I like pushed for a sub you know sub only like you could kick a dude's ass but if you don't sub him he'll beat you in EBI overtime so like I had to really make sure that um I got good at um you know finishing guys and then also making sure that like you know, my defense was really good too because if I was getting my ass kicked, I could always, you still had the potential to win in, in overtime. So, like, 
Um, my, you know, my offense and defense, my submission offense and defense really improved doing that. Um, my positional uh, awareness wasn't like that. Like I would let dudes pass my guard um, if they got close to subbing me, you know, or I would let them get positional advantages um, if like I felt in danger, you know, which isn't something that like you, sh- you would ever do at an IBJJF and it isn't something you should do in a points tournament. Um, uh, but then I had like, there was other like positional gains that I got from like doing the, um, the back and arm bar, like EBI overtime drills. We did a, a lot of those. We still do. And, um, I gained a lot from that. Um, so it was a kind of a double edged sword, but it was, but there was a lot of positives. I, I, I think the positives greatly outweigh that the, the negatives for me, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, my, you know, my, um, I gave up, you know, I, I, I didn't like drill it in my head as much to not give up position. Um, but my submission offense was like a lot better and my submission defense too was, was, got a lot, a lot better. So, um, there was, there was drawbacks, but it was definitely like, I think it was just submission only was like a really good format for me too, because like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fairly like, uh, I'm fairly, um, like competitive in the like aspect of like if I don't submit someone then I lose you know what I mean so like a winning by points doesn't yeah. mean anything to me you know um mm-hmm. if I didn't submit you um or I didn't get the majority of like the submission offense off then I then I lost you know um it yeah. like if I were to just pass someone's guard and hold them there it, it doesn't mean anything to me you know I have to like you have to like in my mind you have to sub someone to win you know which is like um, which is, you know, important. And I think it's, it, it played to that, like my, that, uh, developing that mentality, um, uh, like played to the EBI rule set too, you know, and like, um, it, it you know, it was good. Submission only was, was good for me, you know? So yeah, that was the most fun I had competing. I didn't enjoy competing in the IBGF at all. I hated it. Like it was just confusing to me and it was boring and it was, and it was like too formal and you didn't win any money even if you won um and you would have to pay a lot of money to do it and um it just killed all incentive to me you know it's like okay so it's not fun i don't win anything or i don't like i don't gain anything right um uh it was just it was it was yeah i have to, you know you have to like travel too a lot of times because they rarely do does an IBJJF even come to your town you know whereas it felt like a it felt like um, there was like a submission only tournament popping up in Southern California every every weekend, you know. So it was like, anyways, um, I just I didn't really enjoy that as much, you know. I even enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the no heel hooks thing always bothered me too, you know, because yeah. that took a. It was like it was basically like, all right, yeah, like let me let me compete in this jujitsu match, but wait, like put a blindfold on and tie your feet together, you know, like it was just <laughs> yeah. stupid. No reaping like, either. It, yeah, it limited my game so much, you know, and and. I didn't, I just didn't like, I didn't like that at all, you know? Yeah. What about the, uh, the ADCC rule set? Cause you've had a lot of success at the trials, um, and you compete in the ADCC world championships 2019. So how do you feel like that rule set helped develop your game? Cause I feel like ADCC is a rule set that encourages people to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I've only, I've had, so I've had like, you know, hundreds of, of if not maybe close to a thousand matches um in jujitsu and all rule sets like combined rule sets in adcc mm-hmm. i've only ever done i think i've less than 20 matches or maybe exactly wow. 20 i think um that's crazy uh, 20 <laughs> matches yeah it's, it's crazy um uh 
so I'm, I'm actually fairly inexperienced in that rule set. Um, more experienced. Than, and this is, this is true to everyone. Like, no one really has that many, you know, ADCC matches because there's very few yeah. opens, at least in, in North America. Um, and, uh, or at least, like, the whole, um, like, Western side of, of the world. There's not very many opens. Yeah. You don't get any, much practice in the ADCC rule set. Even if it is, like, an ADCC rules tournament, it's usually not, you know. Um, anyways, so... Um, uh, I, like I said, I'm fairly inexperienced, but like what helped me a lot was like having like a, uh, like an aggressive submission game, um, really plays to the, to the ADCC rule. So because, because, uh, even if, it, even if it, um, goes to the, um, the points period or whatever, um, they're looking at aggression, you know, even if you're, even if, uh, and it's like, it's fairly hard to score points. So like, even if someone's getting close to passing your guard, but you're getting close to your, your, your constantly attacking submissions, like you you didn't give up points for that close pass and, or, nor did you give them an advantage. Um, and they looked at your like submission off or like your aggressiveness a lot more than, than the person's like, you know, um, you know, near, near, you know, uh, points scoring. So like, anyway, so that actually helped me a lot. And I felt like, you know, my first few trials, was majority of like me just you know sub hunting and and um and like pushing the pace you know and that and that that really helped in that rule set you know so like um uh I didn't I didn't need as many like you know tune up matches like I didn't need as much ADCC rules experience because my game was already fairly like um uh um applicable to like that uh that rule set you know Absolutely. so yeah but like I said I literally I think I only have <laughs> you know, 20 or, or maybe, you know, less, um, ADCC rules matches. So it's, it's just, it's, it's funny, you know? Um, uh, yeah. Now that you mention it, it's like probably only Hoffa Mendes, Cobrinha, uh, those guys have the most ADCC. You know, ma- yeah. yeah Shanji. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, even Gordon, I mean, he, he, I, he, I literally think that he probably has less than 30, um, between trials and actual ADCC, he probably only has 30 ADCC matches, which is like crazy to think about because he's he's pretty synonymous with um, that that you know tournament and that rule set. So, anyways, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to think about. Um, but uh, but like I said, like everyone's on an even playing field, you know, because no one really gets that much experience there, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, so you won the or. Excuse me. You made it to the finals of the East Coast Trials and the West Coast Trials, I believe. Is that is that correct? Yeah, the the last two. Yeah, I made it to the, the last finals two. of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, uh, made it to the finals of this one too. So yeah, yeah, you did super good in the in the first two, and that get, earned you the invite for the twenty nineteen World Championships. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about this past uh, weekend, or it was what, two weekends ago now, the ACC East Coast Trials, you had a really good run, it was a gigantic tournament, can you just kind of talk about how you felt going into it in terms of your preparation, and then how you felt the tournament went? Yeah, um, I didn't, you know, as far as preparation, like, I didn't feel too great, Um, I've had kind of like a chaotic year, I've moved like across the country like you know a few times um so just like constantly moving having to adjust my training um I start it's like I got injured at like I think like you know the very beginning of this year like maybe New Year's Day I got injured I tore my meniscus and then I had surgery three you know two months later or three months later um I was recovering from that so like the first half of the year I barely trained I was I couldn't compete um really frustrating mentally that was really tough you know um 
because yeah. like a lot of my identity is is jujitsu, you know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, so I had to like, I had to um, like really, uh, you know, uh, kind of come up with like, um, yeah, come to terms with like, you know, okay, um, I'm not always gonna be healthy, and I'm not always gonna be able to train jujitsu, but like, um, I have an identity beside that, you know, um, and. Uh, once I kind of accepted that, and it took me up until recently, you know, even like through all the moves, and I kind of had some like some you know stupid shit happen to me this year, like just with um, you know various things, and like uh, once I kind of like you know realized like you know um, my happiness doesn't just come from winning jujitsu tournaments; it's from like uh, it's from like getting the opportunity to even do these these things, you know. Um, then I, I, I think that really like changed my outlook on things, you know, and, and, um, like I said, it wasn't dependent on me winning these things. It was, it was dependent or it was, it was more so, you know, the, the opportunity. So anyways, like, um, my, my physical and mental preparation was like a little all over the place for this, this, you know, tournament. Um, but, uh, but when I got out there, you know, um, I felt okay. Um, uh, I wouldn't say I was like, you know, uber confident or anything. Um, I would just took it match by match, you know, each match I, I tried to try to focus on, you know, and, and, uh, um, and then before you know it, you're in the finals, you know, so like, uh, uh, it's, it's just funny, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I felt fine, you know, I, I felt, uh, it's weird. Like the less that I think about things, like the less I think about this, you know, certain guys or, you know, certain competition or the, res- or you know, the results of an event or, or something like that, then the better I do, you know, it's the more that I think about it, the more I overthink it, the more I like, you know, build it up in my mind, the, the worse I do typically, because it's, it's just more stressful. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons, you know, but, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, uh, I felt, uh, felt as good as I could be, you know, I felt like I did everything that I, that I possibly could. It wasn't, I know it wasn't ideal, um, but I did the best I could in preparation for the, for that tournament, you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of had to just be okay with that and go in knowing that if I, if I, even if I lose, um, that I, I did the best I, I, I leading up to it, I did the best I could, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the match with Gianni? Because I felt like that was a really big win for you. Gianni's had one of the best years, Nogi, that anyone's had this year. I think him and Diego Pato have both just been on a on an absolute tear in 2021 nogi so can you talk about about that match and uh how you felt that went and how you felt about it yeah um i felt you know uh i felt uh like nervous um leading up to the match you know um like in my head you know i i knew it was probable that i was gonna lose you know um but i uh, was willing to give it my best shot, you know, and, and I came up, um, my coach and I kind of came up with, uh, like a pretty good game plan for him and I felt confident in that, you know? Um, but I still thought it wouldn't, you know, I, or I was, you know, I was comfortable with the fact that like it, it might not work out, you know? Um, but then, uh, but as, you know, uh, as the match went on, um, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, I think, you know, this is a kind of a new rule set for Gianni, too. I mean, to my knowledge, he's he hasn't done any ADCC trials before, um, and he's he's done, you know, two ADCCs. Um, so he, he doesn't have that many matches in the rule set, you know? So, like, um, there, we both, you know, like, there, there was just a lot of things that, you know, 
the rule set kind of like uh, played a factor in in the, in the match, you know. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I don't I, in like you know even um, even in like the final sequence of the match, like he would never turtle like that in an IBGGF match, you know. Um, he would he would just you know fall to fall to his back most likely, or he would pull guard, you know. Um, so like me like uh locking up the the choke wasn't exactly indicative of like me being like so much better you know um it was more so just like it's kind of taking advantage of the rule set and um and uh you know uh, capitalizing on his um decision to turtle which is probably what he should have done like i mean i i don't i don't think that because if he had given up the the um the takedown i'm i'm pretty sure he would have like you know, unless he'd sweep me right away, swept me right away, he probably would have, you know, lost some points anyway. So like, it was a tough, tough situation, but I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think he'll, he'll probably like get like, you know, a lot, a lot, uh, better in, in this rule set for, uh, from that match. And I think, I think I did too, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good match, good win. I don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm much better than him. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm better than him. Um, but, uh, it was really good experience to get that match, and uh, I, dude, I'm I'm really excited to do it again with him, and in, in, in whatever rule set, you know, um, I think uh, I think it'll be really, really, uh, it'd be really interesting to see what adjustments we both make, you know. Yeah, definitely, and and I know Mo's been pretty vocal about, like, obviously you made the final three times, so you've had success in the rule set, but he's been pretty vocal that if you don't win the trials, you you should probably sign yeah. up for the next one. <laughs> so are you planning on yeah, doing the West yeah. Coast I trials mean, too? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you cannot bank on getting an invite because uh, the ADCC guys like they don't like that. You know, they don't yeah. like you thinking that you're that you're you feel like you're above. You know, their their trial system. You know, um, uh, so I'm dude. I'm per and 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 too. Like you know, if even if they were to tell me today you get an invite right now, um, I. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I wouldn't be happy with that at all. You know, I'm not even happy with this, this past tournament, you know, like, um, you know, second place, like that, it's basically, that's worse than, than, uh, that's worse than third place to me. You know, I'd rather get a third place medal, (laughs) um, than a second place medal, you know, Uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but, but anyways, like, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to do the, do the West coast. I'm like, I'm, you know, not, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure Gianni will be there. I'm sure there are other really tough guys will be there. Um, obviously, Cole doesn't have to do it. So, like, that's the only guy I can say for sure, you know. But uh, but there's going to be so many good guys. And, like, I like the, I like the idea of, of doing another tough trials. Uh, and, like, and, uh, yeah, and I, and, I, and I like the idea of, like, you know, having to battle through again. Because, like, it could totally be... Um, you know, a, a fluke win over, over Gianni, you know? So like, I would like to prove to myself that I can, I could, you know, I could do that and not, not even specifically against him, but against good guys, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I would like to, to see how I, you know, how I adjust and how I do, um, you know, uh, at, 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 you know, another tough tournament, you know? So, um, really looking forward to that. There's like, you know, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of time in between now and then. So I'm sure that I'll get more matches and, and um you know have more time to 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 train and prepare and um yeah man so so yeah it's it's, there's a lot lot to uh a lot to look forward to you know yeah definitely and i feel like 66 is one of the divisions that's really open right now um 
obviously Tanquino just announced his retirement from from ADCC competition. So it's like you, it's Gianni, it's Diego Plato, Gabriel dude. Souza. He, dude, he beat my ass so bad at ADCC. Like that was just he. He's a he's a monster, bro. He was. I don't. I mean, I don't really remember the match, but I think. I th- I don't think I had too much offense. I had like maybe two or three offensive moments in the whole match, and uh, he just and ninety eight percent of the match was him fucking me up and like not even <laughs> in like a not even in like a styling on me way, just like in a nah man, you're pinned to the ground, you're not moving like and uh, you know like I've decided that <laughs> like like I, and and just like um uh that was that was crazy. So like fucking I mean as much as I would love to like let's say like you know get that win back or or get that match back or like run it back with him like i really don't like i i, I don't know how i would beat him you know and i don't even know if i fucking care or want to like um uh very very happy that he uh um not that he retired but like very happy that he had a successful career and, and that i was able to like feel that because that's a that's a different level of jujitsu i i hope to one day get there you know and um uh and and yeah i mean he dude he like just uh yeah, he like he like big brothered the shit out of me, you know, <laughs> that match. So, uh, but yeah, but to your point, yeah, I mean, it, it leaves the division wide open, you know. What are your thoughts on some of the other competitors that are coming up, like Pato, Gabriel Souza, Josh obviously Cisneros. Cole, Justice Narrows, yeah. uh, Damian Anderson? There's so many good guys there. Yeah, like, what, what do you think about about that division? Uh, good man. I think it's I think it's a great division. I mean, um, I've competed against a lot of these guys actually. So like. Um, I feel like I'm, even though, I mean, I might not be better than, than too many of them. I'm right there with them at the very least. Like I'm right there, you know, I'm, 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 um, uh, I can give them tough matches. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can, I can give them tough matches. And once it gets to the point where like, uh, they realize that this is, this is tough, uh, that then, then, then like that I'm actually doing better than, than, um, you know, would be commonly thought like that's i think that's where i thrive you know that's where i can push past you know but it's uh yeah um but anyways yeah i mean um like i like you were saying like pot dude i've had matches with pato with cisneros with uh kennedy with damien anderson with um uh i think the only one i haven't gone against yet with cole obviously with ethan with with uh um uh, all the guys that are going to be in that division but the only one i haven't gone against is is gabriel souza um we would see each other at tournaments all the time but we just wouldn't wouldn't match up either i'd lose or he'd lose or whatever you know um mm-hmm. at lower belts but uh but yeah but i mean the, just like i mean i have i have experience against all these guys um uh uh esteban martinez too is another one um yep. he, he's really good he, I, I would not be surprised to see him make it um uh he's a black belt world champion oh gianni too that's another guy he'll, he'll mm-hmm. i have a feeling he'll make it to adcc whether it's uh um through an invite or through winning the trials because uh um like he won the emerald city tournament which was a big tournament a lot of a lot of like high level dudes and then he beat kennedy who's like the adc finals then he won nogi worlds then he placed third at the trials like that feels like a good enough resume for me to to think someone's second at eug and he barely lost to oh yeah that's right yeah Yeah. but Yeah. yeah but he uh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that, but that's still like, it, dude, barely losing to Pato is nothing to, you know. Um, yeah, refs decision. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, and, and you're doing it next week. I'm going against Cade, so like that's another like dude who I'll have experience against. He's not a 66 guy though. I don't think, right? 
He's more of a seventy. He did. Guy. He won. Yeah, he won seventy-seven. And okay. I know he had to cut to make the one fifty-five for okay. his number one. Okay. So. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. But like, still, like, I feel like I'm I'm getting experience against these guys, or I have the experience, you know. And so like, um, I feel comfortable. I don't. I'm under no illusion that I'll like walk into to ADCC and blow through four matches. Like, I. I don't even know if I could win a single match. It would depend on bracketing. It would depend on certain things. But like, I, you know, it would be really, really tough to to even win a single match of this. You know, if if I were to, let's say we were to set up that that bracket today or you know in like mm-hmm. the near future, like yeah, that that would be that would be really tough. I would I would not feel fairly very very confident. But long term, dude, like I think I'm there. You know, I think I could I think I could you know, um, I think I could do well um, well enough you know, in the next few years. But then I think like, you know, let's say like six, seven, eight years from now, I think that I can absolutely contend for an ADCC gold medal. You know, I, like I said, I don't think I'm there now, but, um, I'm not giving up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting like, I'm, I'm just still getting comfortable. You know, I'm still getting like, I'm still kind of trying to like, you know, break through to that next, like, um, you know, uh, level or whatever. So, um, so yeah, you know, uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like I can give any of these guys tough matches. I don't know if I can beat all of them, but like, I think someday I, I someday I'll, I'll I'll be able to. You know, maybe when I'm Tanquino's age, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, then uh, then yeah, then you know, then we'll we'll, we'll talk. We'll rehash this conversation. <laughs> I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like you have a really stacked resume. Like you've done super well against all the high-level guys that you just mentioned. So I think you can definitely contend for the, the title at the 2022 ADCC. Yeah, I mean, depending on bracketing, you know, um, uh, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, dude, I mean, yeah, if I, get, if I get matched up with the wrong dude first round, then, then yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's going to be a short night, you know. <laughs> but if it works out, like, yeah, um, I'm sure I could uh, do well, you know. Um, uh, I'm wondering, like, because there's other guys too, like Paulo, Meow, um, Gio, mm-hmm. Martinez, um, yep. uh, who's like obviously one of my te- my coaches, and I call him I call him a teammate too, more of a coach, but definitely a teammate as well. You know, there's like a lot of good dudes, you know, um, that also could be. Oh, Ryan Hall, that was I was like it was on the tip of my tongue. Ryan oh, Hall, yeah. I think is gonna do it maybe, and I just trained with him recently, That's and gonna be crazy, bro. Man. I just trained with him recently. He's so good, like. I couldn't believe how good he was. Really? Because you kind of know him as, like, an MMA guy, but, like, people, I mean, I'm sure everyone forgets, like, he is so legit in ADCC. He's an ADCC medalist, you know? Like, it doesn't get more legit than yep. that. And, uh, dude, when I trained with him, I was blown away. Like, I was so impressed. Um, That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, ho- hopefully I can train with him again soon. I hope he's, if he does ADCC, I hope he's not, like, um, uh, I hope I hope he could, would still let me train. I'm sure he would. He's a cool guy, but. Anyways, yeah. So that. So, anyways, there's a lot of other names, you know. They're like almost wild cards, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So you also brought up your your match with Cade that's coming yep. up. So I, th- I feel like that's further evidence that you're already at that level. Like you wouldn't be getting the calls to fight Cade if <laughs> if people didn't think you had a chance to win. But do you want to talk about that match? Yeah. Like what you think of Cade's game and uh, just what how your preparation has been for. For Cade. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be really cool traveling to the UK, which is really fun. Uh, or I mean, yeah, you know, still travel, but like you know, but it should be cool. Um, uh, Cade is like I'd say probably the number one dude um, at one seventy and below. Um, I I don't mm-hmm. think that's even much of an argument, you know. So like 
it's definitely an honor to, or like a, you don't want to say honor because then it sounds like you're like, you're just like, oh, you're, you know, like you're just accepting a loss at that point, which I'm not. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm going to go in to win. I'm not going in thinking like, he's definitely going to kick my ass and stuff. I might have to fight through some stuff, but like, I, you know, I, I, of course I have to believe in myself. Um, but it's really cool to like get to go against a guy like that. And especially like, I don't know if this is his prime necessarily, but he's on fire. Like, you know, yeah. you, you want to go against those guys when they're like, you know, on a hot streak and stuff, because you're getting them at their best. Like they're confident. They're, you know, like as skilled as they're, they're going to be for a little bit, you know, um, everyone's career is going to go up and down. But like right now, I think he's at pretty much the peak of, 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 uh, of, you know, at least right now. So anyways, um, mm-hmm. I really am really looking forward to that. Um, I mean, it's like, yeah, dude, it's, it's so, so cool to like, it's so cool to, to get to travel, you know, to like another country and compete against the best dude in the world. Who can say that, 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 um, they get the opportunity, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like a, it's a no lose situation. You know, you're, you're, uh, not knowing it, it would obviously expect me to, I don't even think anyone would expect me to like, you know, to make it out of like the first few minutes, you know? So like, um, I am excited to, you know, just kind of like test myself and see, um, you know, uh, see what I can do, you know? Totally. So, so when is that? Is that next that's, weekend? That's next weekend. So like, uh, yeah, this, this coming Saturday. Um, okay, yeah. cool. The 20th, I believe of November. It is the 20th. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, um, so that'll awesome. be really fun. Yeah. My, uh, my mom's actually, uh, she was born in Liverpool, which is where the event is. So like, I have a ton of family oh, cool. over there, um, and stuff. So I'll get that's to kind of awesome. like, yeah, like turn it into like a, it's obviously it's a business trip, you know, but like turn it into a little bit of, of a, you know, vacation too. So it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just really appreciate your time coming on today. And, uh, I think you're going to do really well in that match Thank and you, really excited to see you mix it up with the 66 kilogram guys. You did amazing at the trials. It's really cool to hear you talk about your struggles early on and how you kind of went through all that and just came out on the other end as one of the best 66 kilo grapplers in the world. So oh, thanks, thank you again for your time. And is, is there any uh, shout outs or anyone you want to, uh, you know, just mention before we there sign off? There would be too many to like, is, uh, <laughs> to, I would leave so many people out. I, I feel bad, like uh, shouting out people in particular, everyone who's, everyone who's like supported me and helped me, like, you know who you are and, and just know that I really appreciate it. Um, I've gotten so much help since I was a kid, you know, um, like family, friends, teammates, everyone, uh, strangers, even, um, I hope to like, I hope to someday be in the position to like, be able to help, uh, as many people uh, as, as have helped me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, without saying anyone specific, uh, I could go on for, for days. We could do a whole nother podcast with me listing names, but, um, but yeah, just, just, uh, <laughs> appreciate everyone who's helped me. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Um, and I appreciate yeah, the, of course. The, the kind words. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for listening. This is episode 111 with Keith Krikorian, and hopefully we'll have Keith back on soon and sometime in the near future, maybe after he wins ADCC. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We will see you guys soon. Take care.